into the party wagon and hold on to your pizza. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Epic Tales from the Sewers. I'm your host, Justin. Here with me, as always, is my co-host, Eric. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing all right. How about yourself, there, Justin? Doing great, man. We 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 are just hitting it out of the park with these guests lately, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. definitely are. And another great guest today. Uh, today we're joined by the creator of the YouTube page, Teddy Gaming Review. Uh, the page is a combination of both comic book reviews, interviews, and a series of motion comics. So you know it's got my interest. Um, he has an audio version of the show called Turtle Talks. I uh, want to welcome our guest all the way from across the pond, Teddy. How are you doing, Teddy, from Teddy Game Review? I'm doing good. Uh, thank you for having me on. It's... It feels a bit I, weird to be one uh, uh, answering the questions. I know. I was thinking that too, and I'm like, this is going to be a total juxtaposition for him because now we get to interview you about what you do. So <laughs> I, I'm going to try to make you as comfortable as possible while making you as uncomfortable as possible. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I want to thank you for classing up the joint too with that wonderful accent of yours too. So. You know, um, you've got an excellent speaking voice, and uh, I I have had a chance to listen to um, a lot of the episodes of uh, the audio podcast, and um, and uh, actually, just I, I think I even mentioned to you on how much I liked your uh, reunion show for the uh, 2003 Turtles. That was a really good show. Mm. Well done. Oh. Glad you enjoyed it. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your page, Teddy Gaming Reviews? What's um, what's it about? Like, um, just kind of give us an idea of the the page. Um, so I'll say that many my channel, uh, I mean, it deals with like tools across all different versions, TV shows, movies, comics. I say like mainly more in the comics, and I'd say recently. Um, <laughs> Probably the worst time to ask this whole question, but I saw like transition like the content over to do like more um, like motion comic stuff. So that's all like the plan, which I'm sort of hoping for it to go in. But it's all just like that transition period. It's it's really cool. Um, how did how did you get into turtles to just kind of like what's your turtles origin story? Because you're you're clearly a little bit younger than we are. You know, I'm a little bit older than Eric is too. So <laughs> I, I go back to like the original '87 uh, cartoon and and the Turtles Adventure comics. Where where did you jump on to the the turtles fandom? Um. Okay. So when I was uh, three years old, I was around a, f- a friend's uh, house and I was playing uh, with a 2007 McDonald's toy. And my parents um, basically couldn't get me home until until they more or less convinced me that they had their own toys. And after that, um, watched the t- uh, 2003 TV show and loved that bit uh, way too much. Um, and then I'll say that uh, when the 2012 show came out, I was sort of at the right age. Uh, and that was all perfect. But then, I, I don't know, I think I sort of ran out of time. I sort of like fell off a little bit from the total community. But I was still watching and enjoying it. But then... When I found out that um, basically my uh, town has a comic shop, um, I went there and started getting the comics, and that's more or less where I got back into it. And I'd say that it's all that ruined my life now because of how much I'm dedicating it to. And isn't it crazy too that it's like when you when you're a kid and, and um, you know 2012 cartoon series comes out, you know, at that point that comic series is still going on. Which is, yeah. is like, wow, it's never done this before. The Mirage co- comics didn't go this far. The the later Mirage, like the Tales of the TMNT and all that, they didn't go this far. So it's like we're we're kind of in that golden era. So it's 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 good to have you back in the fandom. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with um 
with uh, what, what got you into doing the motion comics? Because this, this is kind of like with all the motion comics um, that I've seen, there's like a fair amount of technical skill required for that. Like I, I couldn't do that personally. Um, you, you're kind of a Donatello of sorts, you know, with uh, your, your technical aspects uh, here. Um, how did you get started in motion comics? Um, okay. Uh, so, okay. So, um, so last year uh, there was a fan comic that was released um, for the uh, 2003 show uh, called uh, The Shredder Wars. And I saw the first issue and I thought, wow, this is amazing. And I thought, and because I know that my kind of, and we do this like reading comics, but I thought that this my voice alone would not do it justice. So I thought, well, again, uh, some people. And uh, I'll say that, uh, like, while doing that one, I was very, uh, like, uh, I'll say that like, there's a lot of things which I could have improved upon. Um, but I'll say uh, that because, I mean, also with the voice actors, I was sort of just, more or less, I just, uh, like anyone who auditioned, I tried to get in one, but, and then afterwards, it's, uh, it's all spiraled out of control, really, because I really enjoyed that one. Then I did a uh, Jenica one, which that one did really well, and, and then afterwards, it just kept spiraling out of control, and now I'm just working with really incredible and talented people. Yeah, I like the Jenica one a lot. I'm a huge Jenica fan, and... Um... I mean, a, a lot of the times it's it's when when it comes up and people talk about Jenica, I am just like an avid rabid fan, and I'm like, Jenica's awesome. You don't even understand. It, so yeah, I, I um I have yet to get to Jenica in the comics because I think I was just telling Eric we're on uh, issue seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen, which is the Neutrino War. So I'm man forty uh, something away before Jenica becomes even even a, a character. And um, <laughs> of course, with doing Last Ronin and all that, we didn't have a Jenica voice in that at all. But um, so you're kind of the director here. You're, you're like the actual yeah. vocal director. Are you um, an aspiring voice actor yourself? Um, okay. So uh, okay. So um, with that, oh, um, I, so um, okay. Oh god. And so with that, as a kid, I always wanted to be a voice actor. But I'll say that because um, of my subtitles, I, I felt like a lot of limitations, and was uh, like try. And um, but like, I've always like really did enjoy doing like doing voices and all that. And when it does come to uh, uh, 2D's uh, motion comics, I don't tend to put myself like main spotlight because I know that I'm not as talented as all those people. But I, but I prefer to do all the uh, little like one-off uh, characters, and they have some very unique voices. Oh yeah, it, it, it was funny. I was watching that 2003. Um, uh... Uh, cast uh, mate that you had on and what really stuck out to me is every time and, and I'm, I, I forget what his name is but the gentleman that played Fugitoid every time it would come to him I'm like oh my god this guy is oozing charisma and he's always got a different voice that he's doing and I'm like this is just amazing and um, what was he the, the gentleman that played Casey Jones at Townsend right um, oh yeah was, oh man <laughs> just like when he pulled that out and I'm just watching him do the video he's doing the hey April and I'm like oh man I loved it <laughs> So I, I understand, and, and I understand the, the, you know, that um, the creative nature to like put something together and not necessarily be the main focus of it. I totally get that. Yeah, it, but I mean, directing is a creative process unto itself too, and I mean, it's really appreciated when you can do everything and put it together so nicely. And the, the stuff that you have um, up there available to see, they're like bite-sized chunks, like four minutes and 50 seconds or something like that. And it's like a, a little vignette from a comic. And I'm like, this is great. I, I was just watching one before I got Eric on. It was um, 
uh, Mikey and Renette. And, um, you know, I guess uh, she was popping up because he wanted to go to a comedy club or something. I think it's a TMNT Adventures book from like the 2012 series or something. I'm like, this is so cool. And I love the way like all the all the voices kind of mixed together. I'm like, you did a really good job with that, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And it's 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 great. You know, um, when I started doing the the podcast, like the idea was to read through the stories and kind of do it because, you know, some people can't can't read the stories. They don't have them or, or maybe someone wants to listen to them with their kids or just enjoy it. Or maybe someone's visually impaired. You, you never know. And there was just nothing like that. And I, I've not seen anything as unique as your motion comics. So that's why I, I was like really excited to get you on. So and we talk enough on Instagram. So, you know. Um, what voices do you do? Like, uh, cause you, you'd mentioned like, um, uh, funny voices and stuff like that. Is there anything that you do? Do you do any impressions? Um, how about that? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I try to do just, um, one of type characters, but like sometimes they just still sound the same. Um, I could do like dragons and like, all the, like the magical, uh, side of things. Uh, two voices which I did do, uh, which were uh, a bit amazing, I'd say. Um, one of them, um, um, which was in one twenty twelve ones, um, I did a comic frog of, of voice uh, for. I'm uh, pretty sure it was, it was like one like a jet, like, like an army soldier, and then for a Jenica one, I did a uh, Stitch voice. But the thing is with that is that I've never seen Lilo Stitch before. So. Okay. <laughs> Well, our family, you know, like stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, I could have seen you pulling off Vlad. You know, like I, I don't know if he's got if he's got that sort of like British affectation about his voice, but I mean, you know, I could I could have seen that. You know, like maybe they did. They gave him something a little bit different. So, but I think Vlad's in in the uh, the first series, right? He's the uh, uh, the bat or ape or something. And, and uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, is it interesting? So uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I had mentioned that you're kind of a Donatello. Who's your favorite turtle? That that I have to know. Oh, that's a must. Yeah, Eric must, and I have a bet always. I mean, growing up, he's always been Raphael, but I would say <laughs> I, I don't know. It's one of those weird things because even though overall my favorite turtle is Raphael, it it like varies on like the version of turtles, like for. RW, I think it would be Jenica for Rise would be Donatello. Wow. But I think like overall is more Raphael. <laughs> but like, uh, but I mean I mean I mean I must admit like everyone uh, which I've like speak, uh, spoken to they will say basically oh and, and like this character is like as a child but then like now they're and like all these other ones and like and I sort of like sort of see it because like I mean I mean I mean just because I say do you have like the uh, the personality traits or the other ones but I don't know. I just like Raphael too much. I totally get that, and and that's that's like Mr. Eric over here. We go back and forth because I am a very adamant Leo fan. I like every version of Leo the best. Leo is not just one of my favorite turtles. He's one of my favorite comic characters. Like I put him up there with like Batman and Daredevil. Mr. Eric over here, wait over here is the is that way with uh, with Raph. What what attracts you to Raph there, Eric? What why do you why do you go after that character? Well. I'm not gonna lie. I used to be a hothead. Um, that's just me, you know. I was always a hothead at, at whenever I was younger. Of course, you know, I go, I've grown older, and you know, he grows older and kind of gets a little bit mature about some things. And oh, now he's the ladies' man. I mean, seriously, you know, 
he's not the hothead. He's he's just yeah. like the cool guy riding a bike with a, a girl on the back, and everyone's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when does mixtape come out? You know, one of the things I knew I knew Raphael did was 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 grow, and and I've grown. You know, and you know, you 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 make you make some he made some stupid mistakes. You know, younger and. He grew from him, so I mean, I don't know. It's just something always really, really just. I just, I just felt like I was attached to him, just because of the his his whole demeanor, his attitude, the way he carries himself. I mean, he's got depth, you know. I mean, it's yeah. it's one of those things like red. The red is the color of passion, and well, that's, you know, that's, he, that's, that's, that's my favorite what he does. You know, he's he's passionate about everything. He's passionate about his family. Passionate about his his uh, mission for justice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times that he just sees that red. Um, we go back to that, that uh, Ben Bishop cover of Raph with all the tubes sticking out of him from the, uh, the micro series there. Woof. It's a hell of a book. So I, I totally, am. And actually that uh, shows up in our logo. Thanks to uh, our, our uh, lovely uh, logo. Um, Ernest, uh, he actually uh, put that on there and the last Ronin. So that was pretty fun. <laughs> wow. Right here. Oh, that's amazing. So, so you you had mentioned Teddy that uh, the 2003 series was a really big influence on you. Do you have a standout episode or anything that maybe was like, oh, this is like the epitome. This is the peak. This is my favorite moment of this 2003 series. Um, I mean, I think for I think one like big standout episode is I'd say is Angel One, just because I can't put that one into words of just how good it is for like developing Leo, but. On like a personal like top uh, ten or something, I it's always been hard for me. I it's been it's between uh, dragons. I think it's dragons rising and uh, Toa extinction. I I don't know why, but I just love those episodes so much. I I was a big fan of when they did the uh, the Donatello one with Kirby in it, and I I can't think that I've ever seen something so close to the source material where they, they had it. I'm like, this is like straight off the page from the Donatello miniseries. This is, this is so good. And then they go and they did uh, the Mirage series issue number eight without Cerberus, but they have uh, Renette and they have the Time Lords and Savanti Ramiro and all that. And, and I'm like, oh my God, this is exactly Turtles number eight without Cerberus. This is so cool. So they, they did some really really good stuff in, in terms of like adapting it from the books. I, I was hoping we get to see some of my favorite stories from there, but it didn't quite make it to like the, the crazy parts where Don makes a mech and they're fighting vampires. It's like, okay, well, I guess we didn't get there, but we, we got pretty close. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, wasn't that's more, awesome though. <laughs> wasn't like the 2003, like more of like Peter Laird's input on that? Yes. Uh, I mean, obviously we could tell that it was his style of Turtles. I mean, that's just the vibe that I mean, that's what I read up, and that's the vibe I got too. Was you know the way his his style of turtles? It was, I mean, him and Eastman style of turtles are are different, as you can tell. But yeah, you know, I I I, I could I, I mean, you can obviously tell as a Peter Peter Lair was a huge influence oh, on yeah. on this one. And speaking of the uh, voices that you had on there, um, and this may be an unfair question to ask you, so you can oh, you can limit it to any era that you want. But do you have a distinct version of the turtle voices that you hear in your head? Like, is there one that stands out to you where it's like, yeah, that's my Donatello, that's my Raphael, anything like that? 
Like, have you gotten to that point or, or it, it would also be fair for you to just say, you know what? My definitive version is the 2003. Yeah, it is. I think but it is okay. watched it too much. I just can't like hear anyone. That, um, and I, I mean, I will say this, like all the other uh, voice actors for like all the version tools, I think that like they're good for like that version of tools and it fits that version of turtles. But I don't think anyone can really beat the twist and free toes from me. That's that's totally fair, and I, I get that. Um, that Casey to me is perfect. There is like that's the one I hear in my head uh, when, when it, hey, come on, Raph, you know, and and it's it's got like this lightness to it where it's like it doesn't sound exactly like Raphael, and it's not like the 2012 where it's Josh Peck, and it's not like the Halo Breakers, you know, the Clint Eastwood version. So, but to me, that's <laughs> yeah. like. Even even more so than than Chris Evans, it's like this is the perfect Casey Jones. Like they nailed him down and distilled it into like this perfect little piece, and it's like that should be the standard. Like the Joker played by Mark Hamill. So, and I know that's like an extravagant thing to go to like one little piece, but we're passionate nerdy fans, of course we're going to. So, you know, and um, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that I like from that series. Um, I, I think that for for me, like um. Shredder was absolutely uh, terrifying, and I love the way they portrayed his voice. But on on the other hand, like Splinter for me, I feel like we've had a better Splinter. Like it was just a little too whispery for me, as opposed to like the Turtles' voices. Um, do you find that across the board that there are some characters you're like, even though it's not the Turtles, it'd be like, well, you know, I, I kind of like this better than that, um, or is it just still straight across two thousand three? I'm not. I'm not too sure. Just because I mean, I mean, just because like if you look at like Casey April, that's all. I wouldn't really say. I mean, I mean, that's all. Like depends. Like if you like the like adult April or, or teenager April. So I think sometimes it varies and depends on like what that like like different versions uh, have done. But I do think that for the majority of the characters, it will mainly be uh, just and free. But I do think like some like like 2012 ones. I do think that uh, Splinter and Shredder. I think that they have like the bare voice. It just they just work for some reason. Yeah, I, that that splinter from the 2012 version is just something special. I feel like it just kind of like for me at least it's it's like very transcendent. It is a cool look about it, and, and I'm just like, yeah, I would absolutely listen to anything he said, just no question. So, <laughs> but but um, I, I will say this: the 2003 action figure of Splinter was amazing. So <laughs> I will definitely say that. So, um, and. Obviously, you're a big collector. You've got some cool pieces behind you. Um, what uh, what do you kind of collect? Are you mostly into the 2003 series, or are you collecting everything Turtles? What's your wheelhouse for collecting? So, um, I mean, I, I mean, um, I'll say that like, growing up, I was most anything Turtles. I'll uh, get, but now I'm sort of just trying to like limit it down to like the bare centuries now. I mean, I, I collect um all the uh, collect all the comics and trying to go back and just um try and f- uh, out all the other stuff. Um, but with actual toys, with the playmate stuff, uh, again, I'm sort of like now just limiting it down to just like the bare central ones, which I just want because I mean, I, I mean, uh, it's one. Of, it's a sad thing for me just because I, I love collecting all of them, but I don't really do all too much with them. Just put them in a box uh, under my bed side of that. So just, <laughs> yeah. like, limit it down a lot more. And then, like when the um, like now going into like the um, uh, like the adult collector stuff, I, I love all that. But at the same time, it's just way too much, uh, way too expensive. So again, like uh, yeah. I limit it down. Yeah. It's like it's, it's only just because I, I, I mean just because I want to prove like I'm a really big collector and all that. But then 
Um, I don't know. I mean, just because I mean, just because I would say that with some of the uh, eighty-seven cartoon stuff we've done, it, it's good, but I don't really care all too much for it. I, I don't mean it like a bad way, but like it's I don't have like the emotional connection with it. So yeah, and that's that's totally valid too, because I I can say the same thing about Rise. Like I'm glad Rise exists. I'm glad that there's different versions of this and that people find enjoyment on it. It's not for me. You know, yeah. I, I really like the movie. I'll, I'll give them credit. Yeah. Uh, I thought the movie was fantastic. But like the rest of the series and the series as a concept, you know, if if I had never seen it, it probably would have been the same. Like I'd feel the same emotionally, you know, because um, it, it just it's not like none of those characters really spoke to me. And I'm like, OK, I don't really understand what's going on with the magic and all that. So but that's that's fine. Like somebody yeah. out there loves that and that's that's awesome and if it brings that's them closer cool. to the turtles and they're gonna play the video games and stuff because of it and buy the comics more power to him man yeah my son he he's watching rise this morning so yeah but he also watches the 2012 version with you and, watches, and you guys he watches, he watches 2012 he's i don't think he, he's not a fan of 2003 but he really hasn't watched it um, See, he likes. didn't play the PlayStation 2 game like I did, where you have to go through, and then it literally goes through all the stories. Because let me tell you, <laughs> that's... I have, as as you know, I have the PlayStation. I know, yeah. You you're I... only missing what four games out of no, all? No, I'm missing sixteen total. Oh, six. Okay, all right. I was. Off. I had forty two games out of fifty eight games on console in the US. <laughs> so yeah. And um, so he does. He does mention something. Since we are in the U.S., do you have uh, different versions of the comics that say like Teenage Mutant Ninja Hero Turtles, or or actually what they couldn't say Ninja, right? Like, do you have any of those? Those those are pretty um, good collector pieces. Um, so um, I mean, um, with the VHS tapes, I do have a few of those. Um, then actually, got uh, something here which they do have like. Um, magazines the 80s ones here oh fantastic look at that That's yeah awesome. very beat up <laughs> um but then they is uh, which i was reading on something which was a bit more uh quite interesting was uh the actual magazines themselves was like completely different uh from like the uh well i was looking into this like the us ones were just taking screenshots uh for like 2003 show just uh, just taking screenshots of it and just more or less just printing the episodes. But with the um, actual, uh, uh, actual copy of here of UK magazine, one which like the internet doesn't really know much about, really. Um, that's a cool magazine, by the way, that he showed us. I don't know if you got to see it, Eric, but no, I didn't. Oh, but you've I got the VHS of that one. Oh, I'm so I jealous. Just, I just recently picked this up, too. I'm so jealous. Uh, so yeah, um. Another thing with the um, 2003 ones, we've got these UK ones. Oh, wow. And these ones are, um, so like, some of them were online, um, the first 11 issues, which had the um, fast forward stories, which I don't think, which like, it was only in the UK, these ones, and also had the colored versions of the 2007 comics. But with these two here, which are, I'll say, probably some of the rarest stories uh, out there, is because uh, there's only one page uh, from issue 11 and only and also the cover but also issue 13 only had the cover for it so i'm very uh, forward to i'm looking really forward to like sharing those with uh, online and then even when um i was reading a bit more into it, into it um with 2012 stuff uh, i was reading it's basically 
IW didn't have the rights to uh, release the, their comics over here. Um, however, they did have. Uh, however, there was another company called Panini. They were releasing yes, their ones, yep. and they're very interesting. <laughs> so I, I was bringing that up today because they used to release things here where you could buy stickers and you would put the stickers to complete like a, a page of it. And I oh, mean, yeah, yeah. It's geez, I was just thinking I had one. I'm like, yeah. It's, there's so many interesting things out there. I just learned today that there was a, a company in Argentina that had milk caps or something like that. And then they would do the same thing. And I'm like, is that a panini book? Like, no, it's Argentina milk. And you get the little <laughs> box tops and complete your stories. I'm like, that's fantastic. Wow. I want one. You know, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get it, but, you know, so. Yeah. Um. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. So, so with um, with these motion comics, do you have any plans of doing either The Last Ronin or Lost Years? Oh, um, okay. So, yeah. You knew I'm... that was going to come up, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't know where you're going to ask him. So a bit nervous, really. But with oh, okay. the um, uh, Last Ronin stuff, yeah, I, I got done doing the visuals uh, for that um, a few weeks, of maybe the last month, I think it was. And... Already in talks with uh, uh, one yet um, the person who does the voice of Mikey in twenty twelve comics one, uh, he is going to be doing the Mikey or, or Last Running in that one, but I, I'm at the moment I'm just wanting to see how they play things out with the uh, Lost Year just so that I can sort of see uh, the cast which I need for those two then sort of work my way around that. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. I mean, um, well, we got the next issue coming out this month, I think. So yeah. or maybe next month. I don't know. I, I think it might have been because the the okay. lost day is is pushed off to June. I know that. So cool. but, you know, but then then it's fun. You get to cast four new turtles, right? Yeah. So <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be a good time. So how how long does it take for you to make an episode? You know, because oh. I know there's a got to be a fair amount of editing in these. Yeah. Um. So it can vary depending on the length. Uh, I'll say typically, I mean, we're doing like a normal 20 page one. Uh, I'll say roughly about a day ish, uh, very to do the actual just um, editing the uh, images. And then with the voices, I tend to do like just get like a bulk uh, of comics and send it off. Um, so roughly take, a, I want to give them about a month and a half to like send their lines in, but then. Some of them they like fit, um, but like, um, but like, some of them they do forget lines, and some of them, uh, they are a bit like behind, but like, it's okay because oh, we've got like, like stuff to, um, to uh, and, and, and to release just in case I don't have enough time to release these ones. And then about 
six to eight hours ish as well to uh, to line up all the voices and then do the uh, audio uh, or the background music and then just a little bit a little bit left for the um uh, for the uh, sound effects yeah yeah like the foley stuff and yeah um yeah. can i can i ask you an insider question um what um what program do you use for that um like audition so, or reaper or... uh so i use uh windows share for more x uh, for the editing and the visuals i use uh photoshop um i know, oh, I know cool. something really fancy but it does a trick yeah no that, honestly it's that's great like I, I would have thought it would have been something crazy, but no, I mean, Photoshop, that's, that's fantastic. So that's, that's awesome. I, I can't do what you do in terms of that. So I, I just, I just play around with voices and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I have a vision of, of kind of where I want to go with things to make it like, okay, this is good. This is something that like someone can listen to with their kids. It's like that, that's it. That's kind of all I'm looking for. So but I, I like your stuff because um, in, in, um, in my journey to start this, you know, I was looking up at like copyright law and stuff like that. And they said that anything that you do has to be transformative in nature. And I feel like yours is because it's, you know, not just the visual medium. It's a visual animated medium with individual voice acting and all that. And I, I think it's kind of cool. So, you know, I don't know if you've run across the same issues with copyright as I have, but I, I try to read up um, on it. <laughs> no, I, I didn't really look into it. I just, sort of just, went, I just went with it. And if anything really came up uh, out of it, then I'll do it then. And, yeah, no, yeah. I get it. It's a, kind of the wait and see. So, yeah, it's it's um, have you um, do you have any plans of getting um, some of the uh, the talent from right now, like maybe Kevin Eastman, Tom Waltz, or um, Ben Bishop, like um, Gavin Smith, any of those guys on, on your show to talk about the books, or uh, maybe John um, Sun. I can't even say his name, but he did the uh, Turtles Adventure artwork. John Sun Mavala or something. I mean, to be honest, I'd love to get like anyone who works on Turtles onto, onto anything really. Um, I mean. I mean, I must admit, like, sometimes I, I do feel as though I do uh, do interviews a bit too uh, beforehand. I mean, I did the interview with Junior Bar before the annual came out, so I couldn't do. Uh, uh, so I couldn't talk about him. Uh, so I couldn't talk. Uh, so I couldn't talk about that. I did the same with Casey Maloney, but then, um, like with some stuff uh, with um, Eric Burnham, I, I know, uh, no, uh, Brian Revel. Um, I talked to him about the Jenica stuff, which I got, uh, which um, which I was going to talk about that, but then uh, I was, but then afterwards I did the emotional because I thought, well, I wish I did. Uh, did yeah, I yeah, I, I totally understand that too. Brom is interesting guy, man. You know, and and getting him to talk about stuff, it's he's really the like as much as Tom Waltz is the the father of Jenica, he's like the cool uncle that gave her personality. <laughs> And, and just getting to talk to him a little bit, like when I, when I was talking to Kevin Eastman, he's like, oh, yeah, Brahm is like an artist's artist. And I, I totally see that because he's the guy. It's like, oh, yeah, just kind of give him some room to go. And he's writing it. He's drawing it. And it's like, oh, this totally works. And <laughs> and it's like kind of like a Mike Mignola style a little bit, like a very reductive, but not like like he doesn't put a lot of dark in there, you know, like like Hellboy. Yeah. It's just like, but it is cool. And I, I was talking to him like this first Jenica series was awesome because the first time I've ever seen like social media posts used as explanation for a plot. And I'm like, this is this was really well conceived. 
and just getting to talk to him about like some of the stuff he does, like his guerrilla warfare book and, and all that, the gorillas book. And I'm like, Oh wow. This, this guy is one to watch. Like he is an absolute artist. Oh so, yeah, definitely. And, and um, just an interesting character to have. We, we had him on the show early on um, actually before Eric joined um, and uh, Eric Burnham, we just had two guests ago. You know, that was, uh, it was great to get to talk to him about some stuff and, um, man, the Ghostbusters stuff that he did. I just pulled out the, uh, the issues, uh, for Ghostbusters too, cause I haven't read that one, but, um, it's surprising me that it's not being reprinted anywhere. Um, it, if you, uh, if you go to look for the Ghostbusters turtles crossover, the second one, it's incredibly expensive on anywhere you go look for it. It's not on comiXology. So anything like that. So you can't obtain it digitally. Wow. It's like, oh, what is going on with this? Like, did they cross some line or something and it can't be, re- you know, uh, reprinted? Who knows? It's all streams you know? is what happens. Oh, what what was that? They cross streams. Oh, yeah. yeah maybe. <laughs> they cross the streams. Total <laughs> particle reversal. You know, it's uh, bad. It's Total bad, right? <laughs> I've been on a Ghostbusters kick for a while, so it's it's all good. But <laughs> I, it, I, I didn't realize as well that uh, when talking to Eric Burnham, like how many things that he wrote, like he wrote um, as well the uh, Turtles in Time crossover for IDW, and I'm like, oh wow, he did that with Sophie Campbell. It's fantastic. So, yeah, but no, so so that's cool. I mean, you've had some heavy hitters on there with Brom and with Eric. I mean, definitely. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's who's your dream guest if you could get him? Oh, uh, I mean, I think I feel, I feel like I feel like the obvious is like Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, but that's, I think that's only because. Of like, of, uh, I say it's only because of what they've done and all that, but I mean, I see, um, like I see the like four actors for Turtles from 2003 show just be like a dream come true. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you reached out to like Wayne Grayson or any of those guys? Because I, I know that they do. I'm uh, tempted to, but like, I, but like, uh, but I say like I never um hear back. So I, I'll, I'll say, but like sometimes I do get very creative. So I'm to get creative. You're trying to get in contact with them. Yeah, I, I feel it. I definitely feel it. You know, um, we, we haven't even really dipped our toes into the 2003 series at all. So, you know, we, we'll get there at some point. We, we, um, we've we talked to uh, Ken Scott, who was in the movie. We talked to Francois Chow, who was in uh, the second movie. So we've we've crossed that a little bit. Townsend Coleman was on the show. And, uh, and I mean, he was awesome. Like getting to talk to him about things that were turtle related and then things that were tick related. Oh, man, that was even... <laughs> That was like a dream come true. So, but I, I get you. Vo- voice actors, a lot of fun. Uh, Eastman and Laird, I'm sure that would be amazing for us too. You know, um, if, if that was the case, I, I feel like, I feel like Peter just as everything goes on is just getting more and more reclusive. So, you know, um, those who know him love him, but they also try to protect him. So, yeah, you know. I know that he's getting older, but I think he's starting to open up a little bit more. I don't yeah, know the the cartoon kayfabe that he just did yeah, with uh, Kevin cartoon. and have you watched those? The cartoon um, I've I've seen a few uh, clips from it. I, I did just start watching them a bit, but then had uh, some other thing, and it's, it's all just kind of case of uh, uh, case of oh yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch it tomorrow, but then never do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's. I'm telling you, I watched the it, first one. <laughs> to, to talk to, I mean, for them to talk to, it's like Peter Laird. I mean, obviously he's you know he's got stuff going on. And but just to hear him talk and explain stuff and you know go through all the books that you know him and Eastman did, especially you know, you get Kevin and Peter together in an interview. I mean, it's 
it, dream it, come true. Yeah. Yeah. A- it, after it after meeting Kevin and like being like around him and all that for like a period of like two days and all that, I could not imagine anybody not liking that guy, not wanting to work with that guy and just spend like copious amounts of time working with him on comic books. Yeah. You know? it, it's just like, oh my God, like he's He's so easygoing and everything's just like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. And then he draws like, you know, Raphael stabbing someone in the eye with a stop side, you know, like something like that. I'm like, oh, wow. So many dimensions here. Yeah. Yeah. Eric had, had great experiences with him. Yeah, like, that's the whole thing. Like me and my wife, we've, we've met him twice. And I mean, he's he's absolute. If he could, he would sign a bunch of stuff for free if he if he could. You know, but you know, there's there's also that fine line. But you know, I I have to say, you know, that I was, you know, my family was honored on his on his Facebook. You know, where my son and my wife got a picture taken with Kevin Eastman because my son gave him a little, um, uh, like it was like a little totem pole with like four turtle heads made out of Legos. So, you know, I mean, he's just him, his wife, you know, everybody is just, I mean. Yeah, Courtney's pretty great. I mean, yeah. she's just awesome for, for keeping yeah. everything the way that she does. And and I mean, having to manage a bunch of like fanboys like us. You know? yeah. and, and she does an amazing job because yeah, she, I, she, I nearly lost my shit. Going. <laughs> she keeps the line going. And yeah. you know, she she's a you know, she's a huge part of, you know, what Kevin does to I mean it's they're they're just amazing people i mean if you ever get the opportunity to get them on there and get that chance you know i mean i'm telling you they they are just the nicest people it doesn't matter how i mean doesn't matter how mean you try to be this to him he's just going to put a smile on his face i mean it's whatever you know, you can't phase him. He's really, really such a nice yeah, guy. Yeah, seriously. You, you generally is an unfazed guy. I, I saw um, a video that was released recently, and yeah. someone was talking about uh, how they went to C, uh, C2E2, and they, like, insulted him at his table. I'm like, I don't remember that happening. Like, I, I was kind of, like, right there for a good portion of the time. <laughs> I'm like, so this guy makes, like, a passing comment and all that? I'm like, he didn't get a reaction, and he writes a clickbait video based on it? Good yeah. luck. Yeah, I mean, I he got he got he got a bunch of views for it, which I think is because people were like, "Good luck following up that video with some more content." You know, yeah, you I could mean, you could be one of those trolls complaining about like action figure accessories or something. So I mean, it's, it's, it's that's the whole thing is like we sit here and we talk about you know, me personally, I would like to, I'd like the two thousand three a little bit more if I could actually watch them, watch them, just because of the simple fact of. You know, I can't. They're on Pluto, but every once in a while on Pluto. Uh, okay. Par- I, uh Paramount Plus has them. See, I, I don't have Paramount. Plus. Yeah, par- if if you had Paramount Plus in the UK, um, unfortunately, the 2003 show is not on there. Oh, it's not. Okay. No. Interesting. And there's only one up. Ah, uh, no. I cancelled after that. I would watch those. I would definitely watch those more. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the rise. Like, you know, everybody has their little thing. Like my son, he doesn't like the 2003. But he likes the old ones. He likes the 2012. The 2012s is probably one of his favorite ones and one of mine. And then uh, watching, you know, he like, like I said, he likes the rise. But you know, that's that's to everybody. But me and him, we sit down, we watch the rise movie together, and yeah, we, we yeah. absolutely loved it. 
and, so and that's funny. the same with my kids. Like we used to watch every Sunday morning the 2012 version. It's it's something that you know united us. And you know, I I don't know if they thought Dad was a little too much like Mikey or a little too much like <laughs> Donnie, but you know, it's a shame they never thought of me like Leo. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's it's all good it's it's all good um i i started collecting the 2003 series of uh, action figures not too long ago and i've got a good fair amount of them um mm-hmm. do you have a favorite teddy of these uh that you've run across and, and i will tell you that leatherhead is awesome he is huge so <laughs> in the Svante the Svante ramiro also very cool i've, I've got to get his horns though because mine doesn't have his horns Oh, mm, that is a really tough one. Um, I mean, even though I had quite a lot of them, I I, I don't know. It, I never really played play play with them. Um, but like I I I think I think um like two that uh, I say like one that always comes to my mind is uh, Fossil Leonardo. Um, just like growing up for years, I had the I had all turtles, I had Cody, uh, Spin Turtles, but I never had Leo, and it always annoyed me. <laughs> And then one day it, I go and just like, yeah, you, like, uh, are they the ones? Um, there's also the ones that like threw things like with magnets on them, yeah, um, yes, uh, yes, uh, yes, uh, yes. So, yeah, so I had the toes, Cody, Spinter, um, the dark toes of them fast forward, and also had those uh, spring, uh those uh, those thrown ones, which mm-hmm. I used that Leo as uh, my fast forward Leonardo for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get a hold of those dark turtles at some point, so. They are like, um, yeah, they're pretty expensive, really hard to find. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a thing. I, I don't know. We, we were talking to uh, someone in Australia and, um, you know, shout out to our listeners in Australia, New Zealand. Thanks, guys. You know, I appreciate it. I see you on there. You make up three percent of our listeners. I appreciate you. Um, but they reach out because they can't find some of these things because it's available on eBay, but they don't ship internationally. So sometimes we've helped them out with sending stuff. And let me, let me tell you, Eric is the guy to talk to. If you know, you're looking for a cover, you're looking for their last Ronin cover, this or lost years cover that or something like that, or anything variant cover. He's your guy. Like he knows that, but if yeah. not, it's like, we know people, you know, like yeah, uh, we, we definitely, we definitely know people, you know, I definitely got some, uh, some of them Ronin covers, uh, to, to, come out their grave they decided they want to be buried so but yeah i mean we do know people if you're looking it's for a great community man yeah and it, it is most most part of it it's, it's a great community i mean you get you get bad apples here and there but <laughs> yeah you know, for the most part i mean even <laughs> the epic shows you know there's hardly any 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 problems oh he's talking about the facebook group that we have uh, yeah, called epic, epic shells. shells yep it's a, a positive place we we try to keep everything light and positive we don't do sales in the group so it's not like hey i'm looking for this or hey i'm i'm you know selling this so because i don't know what it is with turtles fans but it seems like there's a lot of like you buy a whole bunch of stuff and then sell it off and i'm like <laughs> i don't understand the rationale like oh my god i gotta make rent i've got to sell these these action figures that i bought like why did you buy five neca figures man you know it's like yeah. it's crazy I can never I do that. yeah yeah it's you know it's it's tough it, and and i mean a lot of times with this stuff like if, if you look back on some of the early uh figures that they had like the mondos and all that uh you can't even find them for like less than 700 bucks now like the the first turtle action figure so sometimes you got to jump on this stuff early so i don't yeah. know yeah i'm not i'm not getting any you're not yeah i don't i don't blame you 
Now let, let's <laughs> let's talk about the comics because you you go through comics. Um, you're doing a lot of the the 2012 versions on there. You did the Jenica version. We talked a little bit about doing Last Ronin. Um, what about the IDW uh, series on there? Um, do you think that you would do like kind of like an origin story and start from there, or would you rather go back and do something like the Mirage Turtles? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay, so with that, um, I'm doing a both Mirage and IDW one. Uh, so with Mirage one, I'm gonna take a lot more, lot more period down, and that was not gonna come out to next year, and and I just like have a bit more time for that one. Also to match up with the 40th anniversary, um, but with the IDW one, uh, because there's already a channel out there called Star Force Media, they're doing uh, they've done like the first 50 issues as well as all the other like time ones for like the first 50 issues. I just thought that it wasn't. I, I know I don't think like I I didn't really think it was like like much. Or, or I don't think it was like worth like putting time and effort into doing something which like other people have already seen before. Yeah, and I guess that, like yeah. this, and and also like those people, uh, they like start uh, or like or like they tend to do um, it again with like and, and their own cast, but then they never get, really get past the first issue, and I don't really want to just uh, go over that. So I started, um, so I started in IDW one, and I started from the Sea of War story arcs, just so that I could lead into New Town, just lead up from there, and then I'd say for like if I want to go back, then I can go back and fill in those issues um from like Star Force media to like my bits that makes sense and and i i felt the exact same way i'm like it, with all these these people like starting with mirage i i feel like the idw was so unique and a lot of people didn't realize that it had a separate origin story where it's like no these are the reincarnated sons of hamato yoshi in turtle bodies so like what what are you talking about well that's why they know ninjutsu that's why they, you know, because they've trained their whole lives and they're a reincarnation of that. So, but people are like, well, are you sure that's not like a rat or a guy <laughs> that was mutated? Because no, you're thinking of the cartoon or you're thinking of the movie. So I, I totally understand that. And to not retread the same waters, like, absolutely. I, I agree with you. So, and I love that you did Jenica just to, and like you said, Jenica is one of your favorite characters. That's so awesome. You know, when when people talk to me and they're like, oh, I don't really like the direction it's going in. I'm like, did you not see that Bebop and Rocksteady were challenged to a battle of the bands by Jenica instead of having a street fight? How is that not the most Ninja Turtle thing that you can think of? You know, yeah. it, it really I'm like, I'm surprised it wasn't Mikey versus Bebop in a pizza eating contest, because that's the other thing that I could think of, you know. Actually, let me write that down. That's <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I just I just ran across a couple people at uh, C2E2 in, in Chicago, and I'm like, oh, man, I got to get them on the show because they just did uh, – they, they worked on this Bebop piece that I love, or, or they did this. I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to talk to them about Bebop and Rocksteady hit the road. You know, <laughs> so just reminded myself that would be pretty fun. Um. Other thing I wanted to mention about is how we actually met. How I came into your sphere of uh, influence there is uh, you have a project on Discord that you were doing, and it was kind of like a battle royale of sorts with um, all the different versions of the turtles from the multiverse of the turtles. And it was something like, okay, 2003 versus 2012 Michelangelo, or Last Ronin versus the Night Watchman or Night Watcher, things like that. Um, can you talk a little bit about that project and just where it's going and how it's going? Um, okay, yeah. So 
this is a project which um a fan project which i would like to one day actually make into like a full project and it's supposed to be like tells forever to sort of but unofficially and i know that basically like whenever you get like to create like a movie or series like the whole thing has to be oh the end of the world or something like big and something and I didn't want to do some of that, and and the full story of that with the Bell Nexus was right there. There's so much yes. potential, um, so I thought just you know just do that and bring all those characters in, and it's uh, uh, surprisingly it's I have written majority of it. There's only one part, one part which I'm missing is just the uh, like the break between like the fights and have one big interaction bit because. I'm not too sure, like, in terms of, like, because, like, all different tools could react differently. And also, not to mention, like, the people, like, I would say, like, guests I'd like to bring on. I just feel that there's so much potential there. It's just, um, I, I, I don't know, it's one of the things which I really like to do is just now it's need to try and find, like, the funding for it. So yeah. I, I, that's one, um, I know uh, the most important is that um, hopefully, like, building up the... Uh, like funding for it to like be able to like pay like the actors a little bit better money, but also to be able to like fund some other uh, like their projects. I would say. I I like the idea of different versions of the turtles putting different things on their pizza, and because of that, you can tell their personalities, right? Like like the last Ronin is aged and mature, and he's got very Japanese sensibilities. So maybe he's going to put like edamame and like squid on his pizza whereas like mikey would put peanut butter and like salami you know it's like okay so i i like that sort of deviation with with that um and i think that would be an interesting place too to be like okay you can order whatever you want what do you get and and you look at these guys and it's like maybe he's not even eating pizza maybe he's eating sushi you know um, i don't know i i find those little uh kind of humanity aspects about the turtles really interesting too because it's like you can learn a lot about them by what they eat or what they feed each other or what they feed their family so even though this is is more about battles but like some of the chats that we were having were really cool because we're like all right well who's gonna win you know could could like 2007 wrath you know beat 2003 leonardo that's that's a friggin' slobber knocker as they say where i'm from like that is a hell of a fight because you've got probably the top tier of that would be Leonardo and and the top tier would be that version of Raph. Cause yeah. e- even in like the 2012 versions, I, Eric, Eric, you went away on the, on this. Uh, who, who do you think takes it in that match? Emmy, Emmy, come on. I, <laughs> I asked the wrong question. I'm sorry. I have a bias. The real, the real answer is they're both disqualified, and Michelangelo wins by uh, <laughs> accidentally hitting someone over the head with a nunchuck while it got well, stuck in the ground. Say, I mean, we we could do the, we can just do Donnie instead of Mikey because Donnie's yeah, sure. always, oh, Donnie's always slipped <laughs> out. My wife, my wife's like, Donnie gets slipped out on everything except for the games, except for the first couple games. Why? Because he's got the reach. And that in that original uh, '87 game, Donnie is the most coveted one that you have to hold because you can't beat the Technodrome without him. Yeah. Did you ever tried to beat it with Raph? Good luck. You know what do you do? You spin the little thing above you. Good luck. Yeah. If you don't have scrolls, you're screwed. <laughs> I actually sampled all that music. I I have all of that music that I get put in an episode at one point. You know. God, please do. Yeah. Oh, abs- absolutely. I I'll have to do that. So. Are, are you um, so, uh, Teddy, are you going to include the video game versions of the turtles in this at all? 
like maybe Shredder's Revenge in the arcade game or Hyperstone Heist. So, I mean, I mean that's one of the things which I was talking to one people in the server um, in the private chat. It's, I mean, I mean, it's just one of those things where you, you can keep including all these turtles, but then you just have this very big cast of like over 40 ca- uh, characters. So, I mean, just like the original plan was to have the like, Jurassic Free was like turtles, the dark turtles, and then, but like, if you go with RW, you have like the turtles. Slash Jenica Venus, the new clone. To- I mean, it's just sort of like, like, where do you stop? And so, I mean, just like with, um, I mean, just like, I mean, I could include like the new Music Mayhem movie, but then it's always one of those things like, where do you draw that line? <laughs> so that's like the biggest challenge, which I would say. But also, I'd say that because I'd say that like, some fans you can get like, um, like very certain ways and, and, um, and just thinking, oh, yeah, this, uh, this character win because this, this, and this. But like, also, if one of the things that like because like these characters haven't really uh, fought on screen before, it's hard to say with the power levels and stuff like that. So it's just yeah. all so confusing. <laughs> I, and I, I totally get that. I just I hope with anything like this that it's not it's not like out of character, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think that yours will be. But I I have seen stuff like uh, maybe like a year or two ago online. There was someone who was asking. They're like, "Here's a writing snippet. I'd love to see some art for this." And they were submitting it to artists. And it was uh, a story about like how the turtles show up and then um, Rocksteady pops out of the wall and then uh, Leonardo jumps and does a flip and then lands behind Rocksteady, stabbing him with his katana. I'm like, no. That doesn't happen at all. That never happens. That's not how it goes. I, I, you know, resist this idea, you know, and, yeah, and I just, that... it's like, who does that? Like, do you understand who they are? You yeah. Know? I mean, uh, one of the things, uh, I mean, one more trench of things, which I found, uh, wasn't like the, uh, I'll say the biggest, uh, trench was, was that like you can write all the stuff, but I think it's like sometimes the comedy, that's uh, one of the biggest which, things which I found because, like, Rise is like very comedy focused. It, I, I, I mean, I know that I could write in a certain way, and I have my certain jokes, but I know that it might not connect with other people and stuff like that. It's one is a really hard thing to, I, and I think like the comedy aspect of it will be is like the hardest part because I'll say that I, I, I would like to say that I have a good understanding of the turtles, um, but I think it's just the comedy thing which I'm. Uh, trying to balance out now I, I i could see that and you know you're, you're a pretty jovial guy you know you've got a good sense of humor <laughs> and all that and you know it's it's funny because you got to balance it it's like all right maybe donatello makes a terrible pun and you know uh then raf is you know coming at him because he made an awful pun and then leo makes a pun back that's even worse <laughs> you know something like that and it's, the the nice thing is you don't have just one canvas you've got four different canvases that you can kind of bounce it off of so yeah. that's, that's the the fun thing. Can can you see yourself writing a turtle story? I mean, I have sort of like planned. I mean, I, I mean, I've like planned out like uh, like I mean, like, I planned out like if I was to do one, I'll do like this, 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 and I know for like if like certain things in my one, which I'll say would like uh, would definitely divide fan base. I mean, like one of the things which I'll do, which I think would be interesting, would be like make Casey and April like brother and sister. That way, you can like keep the banter. Also, bringing other characters in like Angel, Woody, and all that. And but I, I, I don't know, I've also that with like, like the stories which I like and telling are completely different to how like the rest of the fan base or like even tell stories have made. I, I have an idea for um Mondo Gecko as a noir detective who rides a. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, the skateboard. <laughs> See, there's no wrong answers here, fellas. Yeah, I, I'm a big Mondo Gecko guy. That, that's no, the whole I, thing is like I just came up with that at this moment. I, I generally. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night, dude. You can see it. You get the grayscale on there, you know. So, I I love it. Um, ha- have you had uh, much opportunity to read the uh, Saturday Morning Adventures at all, Teddy? Uh, yes, I have. There were, I mean, I think that um, my opinions would be. Uh, I, I I do think I wanted to be open minded, but I'm still very critical of it. Because uh, I know that, like, I think that because you grew up in it, you like you enjoy it more. But I think that for me, because I like 2003 and like stories to be more um, like story focused, character development and all that, and with action, more adventures, sure. yeah. it was. Very like that version of Turtles, which I think is like, is, is, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like, I mean, like, it's really great, but we'll get more stories in that universe. But at the same time, it's just like, well, it would have been great if they did this, this, and this, and this. And just, I mean, I, I do like it because it's Turtles, but I, I, it's one of those weird things, but because I, I, I think it's, it's just not my version of Turtles. Absolutely. That's, that's precisely why I asked you too, because it's like with, with this, um, you know, it's is nostalgic for someone like myself who was watching and I was eight years old at the time. And, and I get it. And, and the cool thing is when we, when we talked to Eric Burnham, he's like, yeah, you could definitely say that this is, you know, maybe right before uh, Shredder's Revenge comes out, you know, so, you know, you could just look at this. Um, I, I like the creativity and I love about turtles right now that they're pulling in all these things like IDW pulled in Toka and Razar and they made them canon. I love that, you know, and even if you don't like them or you don't like the movie or you're like, Oh, I wish there's this. It's like, do you understand what they're doing right yeah. now? Where they have the Nova, the Nova posse and they have Cherube and like, Oh man, that was, yeah. that was my era, you know, like the turtles adventures. So like those comics that went off into a weird sort of like environmental message and all that. And I, uh, that that's that's my perfect turtles right there i'm like give me just more of the mutanimals so but um yeah no that's that's really cool and and i was interested to get your take because it is very stylized and the art is phenomenal um oh yeah amazing and and hopefully we'll be speaking with the uh, the colorist of that book uh, on our next episode so yeah. hopefully we'll we'll see if she's still available <laughs> but um you know it's, it's cool um but before we go i have to ask because we've got a couple more uh crossovers coming up we've got obviously uh right now they've got um power rangers um you have any opinions or any thoughts on the upcoming street fighter um crossover what are we can I mean, okay. So I mean, I mean, things. I know. I never play Street Fighter. I, I know that it's a fighting game, but I, I won't really. Like, I have no interest in in the actual crossover itself. I, I think that if it wasn't for the YouTube channel, I probably would have skipped over it. I mean, just like with the Power Ranger one, um, when it first came out, I I, I skipped it because I didn't really. I, I I didn't watch Power Rangers, but um. I'm, I say if it wasn't for the YouTube channel, then I would have. I, I mean, I mean, I I, I mean, I. I'm not too sure. Like, I feel like I might, I must really would have still read it, but I just don't think I would have been as interested. And even now, like looking at the artwork for it, it looks, it looks amazing, but I just don't really care all too much for it. But I'm still gonna read it. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I, I have been assured by someone who has seen the script that it's gonna make sense. Because I didn't ask them if it was good. Because what are they gonna tell me? I said, does it make sense? <laughs> You know, do, does it make sense that, you know, Guile or M. Bison is going to be on the same level as Michelangelo? Because realistically, no, they, they would not even be close, you know, and um, 
so I, I think that the artwork looks phenomenal and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and uh, Stranger Things, yeah. which is totally wacky to me. And, and yeah. they're not talking about this one a lot, but I have a little insider information that it's coming because they're doing covers for it and all that. So I don't think it's going to be a long series. I think it may even be a one shot or something like that. But uh, what's, what's your take on a Stranger Things crossover? Um, well, I've only seen, I think, the first three episodes. And uh, I also didn't, uh, uh, I saw go out that show just because I don't really like Blood and Guts and all, and all that. So, is um, I, 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 was, I mean, again, I'll, I'll probably still read it because it's Turtles. But, um, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I get you. You know, um, they early in, in their uh, uh, tenure, you know, at IDW, they had some crossovers and all that, and they had the, the X-Files in there. So, you know, there's, there's like some precedent for this. I was, I was hoping that we get Transformers or GI Joe or something like that. We never did, you know, or mask. Yeah. That would have been fun. Uh, My little pony, which would have been <laughs> obvious for them to do because of Mikey, you know, cause he's, he's a big fan, yeah. but um, you know, they, they didn't quite do that. But um, I, I know that, I, I think that with the golden age that we're in right now, where Eric, I was just talking to Eric about this, there's five turtle books on between like the Alliance, uh, Saturday Morning Adventures, the Lost Years, the the regular series, the best of, and now there's going to be you know these these other ones coming out. That's we're back mean. in the golden age. It's like there's there's more there's more turtle books right now than Deadpool books. <laughs> and when did yeah. when was the last time that that happened? There's probably still more Batman books. I'm not going to lie. So, but, yeah, <laughs> you yeah know. There, 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 there's a Sugi. I mean, yeah, it's like it's like Yojimbo. Oh, yeah, yeah it's like amazing. It, I gotta see that. And it's just like, I mean, they're they're, I mean, they're pushing out total books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out and and you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like they're not all going to be amazing. You know, some of them may have some some cool stuff in it and all that. And that's why I'm I'm glad that. You know, there's there's places like uh, like Teddy Gaming Review to tell us about them and be like, hey, maybe skip issue two of uh, Street Fighter. You know. So. Oh yeah, um, must admit, like, um, must admit, like, as a total fan, like, I'm absolutely happy that all the all these new uh, talk comics coming out. But as a creator, it yeah. is absolutely hell because like, I mean, just because I want to do that like, one video a day, but then as I mean, I try to do like, at least two videos on the on the comic book, but then. We multiply it by what like, ten books a month or something. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. And you're like, what am I gonna do? Skip yeah. the the alliance, or do I put the alliance yeah. with issue one thirty seven? You know, it's yeah. I, I yeah, I totally get it. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's worse problems to have, right? You know? Yeah, but like, I wish it was easier for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so, um, I always ask this because this is one of the defining questions. Um, do you get a chance to eat much pizza over there? And uh, if yes, you do, do, what's what's your uh, what's your go to pizza topping? Okay, this is gonna sound really plain boring, but I just like cheese, and that's only because I'm I'm like a very picky eater. Nothing wrong with I'm, that, man. Yeah, I know, but like I never tried any other toppings on pizzas, so <laughs> yeah, you you can have anything. I mean, we had a uh, we had a gentleman on um, from your neck of the woods named uh, uh, Kirk from Kirk Cooks, and uh, he had a cookbook, and he recreated. Um, I want to say it was like 87 um, turtles, like all of the gross pizzas Ooh. from there. And uh, he went and ate them. And he's like, yeah, only one of them made me physically revolted. And that was the liver and <laughs> bubble gum. And Ooh. it's like, you think about being picky. And it's like, <laughs> I would be picky in that case. <laughs> so, but then, then there's others. It's like uh, Kevin Eastman shared that he had the sweet pickles and coconut 
you know, and he's like, it was actually all right. And I'm like, I will take your word for that. So, I will not eat it. You would not. No, Eric would not eat it because he's he draws the line at pineapple. So cool. yeah, I'm good. With pineapple. Oh, that's crazy. So um, on, on that note, uh, what we'll do is we'll um, for everyone listening, we're going to take a break and we'll come back with your pizza recipe of the uh, of the episode. And I just want to thank uh, Teddy for being here. Um, like I said, I'm a fan of your stuff, so I appreciate you being on our show. So um, where can uh, folks find you? Um, you can find me most places. Uh, Instagram is Talking Turtles. Uh, TikTok it's uh Teddy G Review. YouTube it's uh Teddy Going Reviews. Uh, Spotify it's Talking Turtles, and I think that's everywhere really. Okay, excellent. And that's and that's <laughs> what I had in our our show note on the bottom. So, um, Eric, any any final questions that you have for Teddy? Uh, no, I don't. It was. It was definitely fun having you on here. All right. So stay tuned, everybody, and I'll be right back with our pizza recipe of the day. It's pizza time. And now in a segment that we call Pizza Time, where we discuss any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle or pizza-related food, I give you pizza time. Okay. So Teddy says that he is a picky eater, and I ran out of recipes for cheese pizza. So what we're going to do is we're going to go with his favorite turtle, Raph, in the recipe today, Raph's Waffles. When Raphael needs a cure for midnight munchies, he reaches for one of these bad boys. They're the perfect thing to chow down on when he's watching Bugzilla vs. the Snail Monster or an Ace Duck movie marathon. Double the recipe if you've got a Michelangelo in the house. This makes about two waffles. Ingredients. One pound ball pizza dough homemade or store-bought, one-third cup no-cooked tomato sauce or store-bought marinara, plus more for dipping, four slim, thin slices of pancetta, one-half cup shredded low-moisture mozzarella cheese, dried oregano, extra virgin olive oil for brushing, non-stick cooking spray for greasing. Instructions. Preheat a Belgian or other one-inch deep waffle iron to a medium-high setting. Cut the ball of dough into four equal pieces. Set two pieces aside and cover them with a damp dish towel. On a floured work surface, roll or stretch out the first two dough pieces to fit just inside the mold of your waffle maker. Step four, spread out a spoonful of marinara sauce onto one of the rolled or stretched out dough discs and spread it out, leaving a one-inch border of dough all around. Step five, place the two slices of pancetta on top of the sauce and then half on the cheese. Sprinkle with oregano. Step 6. Brush the exposed border of the dough with olive oil, and then brush some more olive oil around the perimeter of the second rolled or stretched out dough disc. Invert the naked dough disc into the dressed one, and then pinch around the edges to seal. Brush the top with olive oil. Step 7. Open your waffle iron, it should be really hot by now, and coat it with nonstick cooking spray. Carefully invert the pizza dough packet into the iron, oiled side down, and brush the top with more olive oil. Step 8. Close the waffle iron and cook 3 to 5 minutes or until the crust is golden brown and a bit springy to the touch. This this part is loud and messy as some of the cheese and sauce will bubble and ooze on the waffle iron. Step 9. When the waffle is done, remove it from the iron and repeat the remaining dough pieces and fillings. Step 10. To serve, fill a ramekin or small bowl with some marinara sauce. Cut the waffles into wedges or sticks and then serve them with the sauce for dipping. This has been your pizza time for today. Raph's Waffles. Cowabunga, dudes!
Thank you for listening to the Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. This podcast has no affiliation with Eastman, Laird, Mirage Studios, IDW Studios, Archie Comics, or Nickelodeon Studios. This podcast is a member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. Check out thedorkening.com for other podcasts. Epic Tales from the Sewers is recorded by Justin Cooper and Eric Will. Hello, intrepid listeners. This is the Generation Playlist Podcast, a podcast about music where we are your guides through a particular group or artist. We talk about the music, and then we make a customized playlist to share with you, our listeners. And you can check us out wherever you listen to podcasts and find our playlists on Spotify. It took me 10 years to make the perfect man cave. And then we took it over. And we made it into the multiversal chamber. Then I started my own podcast. And we took that over too. And we're the co-host, the Multiverse Kids. Yeah, and I'm the dad, the geeky dad. And every week, we what? We review the movies, shows, and books. Games and toys. Yeah. And sometimes we even have a special guest. So, join us every week on the Geeky Dad Podcast. Do you like retro video games? 80s and 90s toys and have a love for nostalgia. Hi, I'm Russ Lyman. What's up, guys? I'm Jay, the NES addict. Welcome to the Weekly Warp Pipe. Jump into the Warp Pipe with us and go back to revisit all the awesome things from our childhood. That's right. Every week we discuss something new like the hardest NES games. Or what it's like to get prizes out of cereal boxes. What our top 10 toys were. (laughs) Battle Beast. No, dude. It was Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Cowabunga. So be sure to check out theweeklywarppipe.com for more info. And we're proud to be a part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. That's right. You can join us every Saturday at 7 a.m. for new episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. Or catch the video version on YouTube at the Weekly Warpipe channel. That's the Weekly Warpipe every Saturday at 7 a.m. The Weekly Warpipe. Greetings and Shabibans, we are the Retro Redoctopus Cephala Podcast, a long-form bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. Yeah, that sounds good, but I don't know what all those words mean. I think what Parasite seems trying to say is that on Retro Redoctopus, we explore a range of retro goodness, from toys, video games, and movies, to cartoons, and even snacks and school lunches. Oh. And we do it all with a positive spin, a slew of killer guests, and some, <clears throat> very adult language. And you know what else is cool? No. This crazy show is part of the Dorking Podcast Network with new episodes every technical Tuesday. It's there. And if waiting two weeks for a new episode gives you a sad, know that we drop bonus episodes all the time, like the off-format Crow's Nest and an interview series we call The Brick. You can listen to Retro Redoctopus on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any app that's cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all the things that make growing up awesome. Do you like gaming? You know, this game would be better if it was a battle royale. Do you like technology? I bet this tech would work better if it was a battle royale. Do you like movies, TV shows, and everything else that me and Nate can't agree on? The Last Jedi was easily the best Star Wars film I have ever seen. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. 
Everybody in this room is stupid now because of you. Talking Gaming and Tech is a bi-weekly podcast where we cover the latest and greatest in gaming and tech. Now part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. Talking Gaming and Tech is a podcast produced by Tech Prime Media. You can find us on YouTube and all their social media platforms. You can find Talking Gaming and Tech on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts from. This podcast is filmed live. If you want to check us out while we're filming live, remember to follow links on social media and your comment might be read on air.